Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. We love you so much. I love you so much, guys. It's so hard to do this, just to be uh, empty today. But uh, we're planning uh, for next week to have services, so hang tight, and uh, we will be able to work things out so that we can have as many people possible in in the auditorium or in the building. And just to let you know, too, when it comes to a prayer summit, Coming next week, it's going to be online. And uh, when it comes to the other ministries, we'll let you know. Uh, stay posted. Uh, we'll let you know what's going to happen because, like you probably know, on Friday we heard about the new restrictions. And, and here we are today trying to navigate through them. And uh, I have to let you know that uh, I was a bit deflate, deflated on Friday. And my heart sank when I was watching the news at lunchtime just to hear about the cohorts of 25 and to see the new restrictions coming. And uh, at the same time, I know that uh, God has a plan and, and God wants to work in our midst. And it's, it's, it's not the end of it. I think that uh, I believe that as we're moving forward, we'll see God provide and make a way. One of the things I did was uh, I, I, lo- I stopped and I considered how we were doing things and and one of the things that was very important for me in this journey, basically two years now, it's a journey of an in- integrity and honor, and trying to walk it with honor and trying to walk with integrity. Uh, I-, I think God takes pleasure in honor. God takes pleasure when we, want, when we walk in integrity. And there was three different streams that I came to my heart when it came to integrity. Uh, the first one is regarding authority, like it says in Roman chapter 13, that we're called to honor authority. And so we're trying our best to walk according uh, to walk under that banner. And the other one is to walk in honor and respect when it comes to the people, uh, to know that we have different convictions when it comes to different things, and to honor uh, free will and to honor the journey of people. And thirdly was to uh, also walk in honor when it comes to our testimony, realizing that the world is watching that we're not called to compromise our message, but to realize that we are the light of the earth and the salt of the earth, and, and that God wants to use us to reach this world. So these are the three things that kind, kind of stretches us of how to do things, right? Where we're trying to uh, honor authority, we're trying to lift up God in all this, we're trying to bless people, and we're trying to be a godly testimony. Again, I invite you to pray and, and to stand in the gap as we are in this season again that God would work and, and have his way in our midst. And, and at the same time, one of the things that came into my heart in this season, especially now, was that God has a tendency of, of working and reveal, revealing himself in unju- unusual times. I, I look at the Bible when it, seems to be, when it seemed to be impossible for a miracle or it seemed like the people were at, at a crossroad or where there was no hope, God came in. Uh, one of the greatest examples for me is the, the disciples in the upper room. There were only 120 of them and they had so much opposition from the religious leaders and also from Rome. And, and so there was pressure there. And, and how do you move forward, right? How do you see progress? How do you see growth when you have all these hurdles? And God 
came in and God revealed himself and, and showed himself on a personal level. I, I really believe that as we're seeing these restrictions and as we look at the journey, God honors, honors, honor. God honors when we put ourselves before him. And when it seems to be impossible, God does the impossible. And I really believe that even though you are watching me online and you're not here, God is able to move and reveal himself in a way that that only him can do it beyond what we're living because God has called us to walk in faith and God has called us to live a life of expectation. I just want you to realize, if I can sow this in your heart, that it doesn't matter the context we live in and sometimes when it's the hardest and the most difficult or complicated, this is where we are putting a platform for God to do the impossible. And I believe that that's what God's gonna do and that is what he's doing right now. Let's just like to pray and, and get the ball rolling uh, this morning to share what's on my heart for you guys. Father, I thank you for each one uh, watching live and for those that will be watching later. And uh, I thank you for your faithfulness and, and the love that you have for them and, and the plans that you have for them. That in all this, you are God that is in control and a God that is able to do um, multiplications. You're a God that does the impossible. I, I think about the multiplication of the bread where it seemed there was no way, and, and, you, uh, and you provided. I think about Gideon when he stood before his enemies with a few hundred people uh, of his soldiers, and, and you were able to bring a victory. I think about the odds that sometimes are against us, and, and you're not caught by the odds. You are above all this, and I just pray, Father, that we we would see in faith what you can do uh, in the midst of what we're going through. And what we want to do, God, we want to have godly character and we want to live a life that honors you and honors other. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in the series of DNA and uh, actually I'm putting a pause to this series and I, I just want to share from my heart to you. I, uh, on Thursday, I was working on, on DNA, on generosity. If you look at the bulletin uh, online, uh, the outline is generosity. And, and um, on Friday, I, I just felt that I needed to change direction and just share to you my heart and have a family talk. And, and so what, I, what I'd like to uh, talk about this morning today. It's uh, four things that we need to have in this season, four things that we need to focus on, four things that I want to see in my life, four things that is necessary as we face challenges, as we face things that are not, uh, where things are not going according to what we want or expect. It happens all the time, and for us, it happens as a whole, as a people. And so what do we do what do we do when things don't go according to our ways or things are, are challenging? And it's not, just, uh, it's not just called to be applied here. It can be applied at every different seasons in life. But especially in this time, when I stop and I say, God, how do you want me to respond to this? What, what, what do I do when I feel a bit discouraged? When I feel like, okay, God, like we've been here and it's been, uh, it's been, it's kind of dragging and, and I want to live with, with honor and, and, and how do I survive and how do I prosper in this season? And, and so what I'd like to share to you is four things that, that I think it's important for us to have when it comes to having a breakthrough. The first thing is I need to rem remember how God stooped so low to reach me. I need to remember how God stooped so low to reach me. I need to remember this. I need to remember that 
I was totally lost. And this amazing God came to reach me, stooped down to reach me when I did not deserve his grace. You know, when I understand, when I take a hold of this truth that God stoops so low to come and get me, it creates in my heart a heart of compassion. It deals with my um, judgment and my anger because I remember how God came to reach me. And maybe you've been raised in, in, in the church, uh, in a Christian home, and maybe you've been a Christian for, uh, for many years. We never want to forget how Jesus stooped solo to come and reach us. It's so pivotal when it comes to our walk to remember how lost we were. What happens sometimes is we live our life and, and, and then we look at our, 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 uh, what we have done and, and we find our security in our, in our works. But we got to remember that the reason why we're here, it's only because of God's grace. And that should, should stir up in our heart a, a, a life of worship where we're caught up by his love and we're caught up by who he is. And, and when we go through hardship, I, I, what we need is to have this dose where, of reality and, and to see where would we be without him. And, and, and I think this brings us to a place of, of, like I said, adoration and worship and love towards him where we're caught up and we want to love him and we want to throw ourselves at his feet that we want to be this, like this lady that came and threw herself at Jesus' feet and took her perfume and washed Jesus' feet and wept and was caught up with Jesus. I believe this is so central when it comes to the season we're living in that what permits us to go forward is to remember how God came in our lives and rescued us. And in return, we, we return our love and, and our passion for him and we're caught up with him. I, I think it's so important not to lose this ingredient when it comes to a difficult time. We need to remember where we're from and, and we need to remember our calling. It's to love God with all, of, with all of our strength, all of our mind, all of our heart, and to love our neighbor as ourself. I, I think that has to be real into our hearts. And, and it's so easy to lose this by all what's happening around. And I think what makes... That, that what brings joy in our hearts is when we think of how Jesus stooped solo to rescue me. That's pivotal. That's what I want to share to you this morning. Please remember, please realize that's your foundation. It doesn't matter restrictions or not. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with. Their environment doesn't affect this. The fact that we are caught up with a relationship with Jesus that should be alive and should be vibrant where I'm just focus on him and where I want to embrace him and I want to love on him and I want to see him where I'm able to put things aside and, and be, be at his feet and, and to be in his chamber and, and to be caught up with Jesus. This is so essential. And, and sometimes in the flesh, this is the last thing that we want to do. It's, it's something that you have to, to, to bring yourself to, to say, okay, I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to start to worship God. I'm going to start to trust in him. And as you do this, there's a change that happens in our hearts. There's a climate that evolves. And, and then you see God, and, and you can be like Stephen when he was between life and death, and he saw Jesus standing in his behalf because his focus was on heaven, even though he was stoned to death. 
You see, when you look at the season that we're in, one of the ingredients, the thing that we need, is to be captured by this amazing love that God has for us. Um, look what it says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. It's a hard time for Israel. Captivity is at, the, at, at, at hand, and, and the enemies are at the door, and, and it's, a, it's a time of persecution. It's a time of misery, and, and, and this is what God says to his people, and he's talking to the Israelites, and I know that it's a prophetic uh, word of the restoration of Israel, but when I look at the Old Testament, when God talks to his people, we're also the Israel of God, the church. And as much as God has a plan for Israel as a nation, God also has a plan as us as a church. And sometimes they, they get mixed up and, and they're, they're, they're brought together, they're fused together. And when I look at this text, I can see God speaking to us. And look what it says. It says, the Lord your God is with you. The Lord your God is with you. Just that is so pivotal. To know that your God is with you and this is the walk of faith, guys. This is where the faith, our faith is challenged. And so what we do, we believe that our God is with us. And look what it says after. He's mighty to save. He's able to do the impossible. Our eyes are fixed on him. We expect him to move. We expect him to, to, to act because he is with us and he's not a passive God. He's with us and he's mighty to save. And look what it says after. He will take great delight in you. Pretty amazing, right? He will, great, he will take great delight in you. And, and so the Lord takes delight in us. And look what it says after. He'll quiet you with his love. He'll quiet you with his love. Hey, son, I've got you. Daughter, I have you in the palm of my hand. And so what you do is you get caught up with him. And then you worship him. And you adore him, you bend in his presence, and you're just before him. And, and this is where things happen in the inside. And this is what God wants you to do in this season. Like I said, even though it seems like things are against us when it comes to uh, restrictions and all that, I'm not talking about government against us, I'm just talking about the circumstances that we're dealing with. Even if that happens, God can shower he can move, he can reveal himself in a powerful way if I'm caught with him. You can be in prison with Paul, like Paul and Silas, and God reveals himself in your situation. So it's very important to realize that, that God wants to reveal himself to us, and we're called to be caught up with him. So it says here, he will take great delight in you, he will quiet you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. God says he will rejoice over you with singing. And I was looking at commentaries of, of what it meant. What do you mean God is singing over us? You know, that's pretty funny when you think about it. God is singing over us. And, and, and the thought is God is celebrating us. Celebrating his work in us, but he's celebrating us. The best picture I can give you is, uh, is a, like a birthday party. Where like what we do in our home, uh, we have different traditions and what we do in our home is that we have a seat, captain, captain chair at, at the table. We only have one. And, and so the birthday, the birthday boy or the birthday gal sits on that chair and we have a balloon attached to it and a special glass. It's a special attention. And then uh, all the focus goes to that person when, when it's a... Uh, no, it sh it, we should bless each other all the time. But that day it's a special moment for that person that we celebrate. 
And then we, we, we ask uh, what kind of meal they want to eat before, and we do the meal that they want. And the, I ask what they want uh, for, for supper, and Michelin asks what they want for dessert, and we team up, and, and then we prepare that. The whole focus is on that person. And that come, it comes to a point where we start to sing happy birthday, and, and there's a f- two songs that we've, we sing in French. Sometimes Brenton is a little lost, but now he's a little better when it comes to uh, singing with, with us in French, even though he doesn't have a clue what we're singing. Um, but it, you, you feel special. You're sitting in this chair, and people are singing affection, so, a song that focuses on you, how special you are. And this is what God does over us. He sings over us. He rejoices over us, making us. And he loves us just because, not because of what we've done, but because he wants to. And he showers his love over us. He showers his faithfulness, his provision, his care. It needs to grab me in the inside. Let it grab you this morning in the inside. Because it's not linked to circumstances. Like you might go through waters and you won't be submerged. You can go through fire and you won't be consumed because Yahweh is with us. And we find that in the book of Isaiah. So when it comes to how do I deal with things when they don't go my way, I've got to focus on how much I'm loved. And I've got to turn my affection to him and and approach him with worship and, and to be caught up with him. Can you tell someone in your house, I need to be caught up with God? I need to be caught up with Jesus We get caught up with so many different things. It's so easy to be caught up with our work, with with news, with opinions, with whatever, even our, 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 our desires. We get caught up. But a Christian should be caught up with Jesus. You know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be forced to worship. We shouldn't be forced to have devotion. It should be organic, it should be normal. And you know when that becomes normal is when you realize how God stooped down to rescue you. Like the Bible says that we are like worms. Like who is man that God would take care of him? Who are we? You know? And God chose to stoop down and rescue me. I just want you to, just to, I want that to simmer in your heart. I want you to realize that is so important. There's some people that are watching right now. You need to come back to that. You need to be caught up with Jesus. It makes a while you haven't sat at the table with Jesus. You didn't have a meal with Jesus. That you didn't feel his presence. That you haven't been overwhelmed by him. That you haven't cried and and you were just caught up with him. And and like it seemed like time stops because you're just in eternity right now. That needs to happen. Because I'm not called just to go through the motion. I'm not just called to go and, and have my traditions and, and have Sunday morning because this is part of our tradition. It's a great one. But there's something way deeper than that. It's to be encountered by Jesus. And that you can, you can experience right now in your home. You can experience the reality, the power of the love, the grace, and the presence of God. And I need this in my life. Like I look at the season, what are you doing, God? I think he's shaking us so that we might realize what's really important. Because we could have a full church, four services, 1,700, being 2,000, amazing, and have a great noise and great vibes, and, and coffee shop is busy. It's all fine and dandy. I'm looking forward for that day. But there's more to that. Listen, 
There's more to that. What's fundamental is not linked or circumstances. What we need to realize is God wants to reveal himself to me and wants to reveal himself to you and he wants to show in your home. He wants to reveal himself to your kids, whatever the age you're at. He wants to show himself and be real to you and to be real to the people around us. That is the heart that we want to see. So when we look at how do we go through hardship and how do we face what is before us, it's to be encountered by Jesus, to be caught up with him. Because if that happens, all the others fall in line. All the other things are secondary. So we want to see that in our lives. Secondly, how do you deal with things when things don't go your way? I need to lose faith in myself. I need to lose faith in myself. There's a French proverb that says, help yourself and heaven will help you. Or, or the thought is, if you help yourself, then God's going to help you. And sometimes we think it works like this when it comes to Christianity. You know what's the core of the season when you go through hard time? It's to lose faith in yourself. Pastor, you're not very positive here because everybody uh, in this world is talking about believing in yourself and you can do it and, and you, can all, you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Absolutely, when it's about doing his will. It's not about God supporting my will. It's about me coming under him. But I need to lose, um, I need to realize I can't do it on my own. And you might have heard this before, right? It's not a new topic, but do we live like this? Have I lost faith in myself? I, I've got to be honest with you when it comes to this journey. And we had a great congregational meeting last Monday. And, and um, I, I look at what God has done. And I remember saying in the past, like, it feels like there's no more, uh, there's no more rabbits I can pull out of the hat. You try everything. And, and then you become... Uh, you become um, you're searching for your breath, your breath as you say, okay, I don't know how to do this. And you know what? And God brings you to a place where it's okay that you can't do it because this is where he wants to stand still. One of the stories in the Bible that always hits me in the forehead is the story of Abraham and Sarah when they were not able to have kids and God was waiting for them not to be able so they got, before they got Isaac. It's kind of funny, right? God let them come to a point where it wasn't working anymore. I find, I, find what, I find this is what God is doing right now. And God is bringing us to another level. And I think it's a good thing. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Nothing compared to what we're living at all, but the principle is the same. It says, We don't want you to be in, uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure for beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Pretty strong words, right? Indeed, our hearts, indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. Wow, that's a hard place. But look what he says after. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Then he goes on, he says, He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. Look what it says, I, I, the next phrase. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. What, what does he do? Set his hope on God. And look what he says after in verse 11, and he involves the people realizing that the, the 
the power of prayer or how God responds to prayer. Verse 11, as you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on, your on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Meaning that people will say, praise God for what's happening, but the reason why this happened is because people were praying. You, you look at this text, it's all based on being dependable on him. Like when it says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. How powerful is this? So Paul is at this place where he finds there's no hope, there's no way out. He thinks he's going to die. He, he, he got all the rabbit out of his hat. He, he tried everything. And he comes to a point and he says, I might die. But he says, all this happened so that I would not rely on myself. I'm going to rely on God that is able to raise us up from the dead. So he goes forward knowing and believing that it's beyond him. I need to lose faith in myself. I need to lose faith in myself. And my faith is called to be upon him. You know, it, it doesn't matter the size of the sailboat. If there's no wind, it's not going anywhere. It doesn't matter the, the beauty of a car or, or, or a plane. You can have this beautiful plane, this beautiful car. If there's no engine, what's the point? If you have this, this huge sailboat and there's no wind, it doesn't matter the size of the sailboat. It doesn't matter how much gold there is on, the, on that boat or how much, uh, how much is, uh, is, is tech, technical, whatever, <laughs> technology advanced. It doesn't really matter. It's about the wind. And if there's no wind, we don't go anywhere. And so, so Paul is saying that we're not called to rely on ourselves. We, we got to live in abandonment and to live a life of surrender. Listen to this. At home, as you're watching me, and maybe you're tempted to go, to go for a little walk, just hear this. Just hear this. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. You see, whatever we're facing, we're not where Paul is, no shape or form. But the principle is still the same. God wants to... He wants to... Um, to remove in my life all my abilities. God wants to, what I'm trying to say, he wants me to shed everything. He wants me to, to be bare, to be, to be naked before him where I realize it's not me. I'm not coming before God and say, I'll do this for you, God, with a sword in the hand. It's not God, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. It's God, I, I can't. I just can't. And, and it's, it's not just words. It's, it's really a position of your heart when you admit that you can't, but sometimes events needs to happen to bring you there, right? Events brings you to a place where you just say, I can't. And this is where God kicks in. So I'm looking at what God is up to in the church in general. I really believe God brings us to a place of dependency and, and faith. And I think we've lost this because we can rely on the sword. We can rely on our chariots. We can rely on our riches. We can rely and we try to muster things up and we try to organize things. But this is not the church. This is not the heart of God. The heart of God is for us to rely on him when we're blind, when we're naked, when we're poor, but we buy gold from him. We buy, we, we buy ointment for, from him, and we buy a will from him. And that's the story of the Laodicean church, where they were rich, but they were poor. 
They were rich, well-dressed with black wool, but they were naked. They had ointment for their eyes. It was a place of, of, of rest and a place where people would go to be treated, but they were blind. So, so God wanted to strip them away so they would rely on God. And I believe God is stripping things away. I know he's stripping things away in my life. But at the same time, I've got a, an expectation rising in my heart because when I'm weak, he is strong. When I don't have a solution, he has a solution. When I'm not capable, he's capable. When I come to the point and I hit a wall, he makes a way. And I need to take a hold of this truth. I need to let it sink in in my heart that it's not about the circumstances. It's about my heart condition. And I need to realize that, that things will change by what I can do. But the thing will change when I see God. I look at what God did with the Egyptians and God, what God did with the Israelites. That story, and I've shared this story before, it really grabs me because this is what God does. I don't like always what God does <laughs> because God sometimes tries to address character issues and tries to bring stuff in my life or out of my life and that is through circumstances. And, and sometimes it's hard to to be true to ourselves and to realize that we do carry junk and we do carry stuff that we shouldn't carry. But look what it says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, as we were leaving Exodus, exiting the, uh, Egypt, and it says, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites um, and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pierrot. Pierrot always, I don't know, always gets my attention because it's a, it's a peninsula in the Red Sea where there's no way out. God led them to that peninsula. It was not a mistake of Moses. It was not because he was not well organized. It's not because of nothing that he did. God led the Israelite in a trap mode or a trap situation. Why? Because he wanted them to trust in him. From the get-go, from the get-go, he wanted the Israelites to say, hey, I, I, says the Lord. Listen, I, the Lord will make a way. And then the Red Sea opened up and they crossed the Red Sea. It was by no man's ability, by no man's ingen to, be, to be ingenious. No man that was able to do that. It's God that made a way. I just feel God is stripping us and bringing us to this place that we are at Piairat. And there's no hope. And how do we see this? Because fear comes in, right? You see another lockdown and you say, how many people are we going to lose? How many people will have bad habits and, and not see the, the importance of the church? How many people will develop anger and frustration, animosity, and, and then lose sight of the mission? And, and then it creeps up and it, it plays in you. And you have to remind yourself that God will make a way. That God brings us to a place where we're called to depend fully fully on him, where we're totally stripped, totally naked, and this is where he arises, and this is where he moves, and this is where we give him all glory because we know that we can do it. So I look at this, what we're going through. It's not an end. I believe in this season, in this season, God wants to do a tremendous, awesome work, heart change, and he wants, to, to, he wants us to live 
with abandonment, and he wants us to live with surrender. It's so important. Please don't shut me, please. I'm a little longer this morning. I've got more freedom because I don't have another service breathing in my neck, okay? At the same time, I don't want to be too long, but I, I just want to share my heart to you. I'm sharing you my heart based on what I believe God is doing in my life and, and uh, how to deal with the seasons that are difficult or things that go against um, what we want. And I, I believe that we need to, to, uh, to, 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 to remember how God stooped so low to reach me. I need to remember that God is bringing me to a place where I lose faith in myself. And then the last, my, not my last, but my third point is I, I need to know the secret. What is the secret for this season? The secret is the secret place. The secret is the secret place. I like what Heidi Baker says in Mozambique and her, her struggle when it comes to what's happening in Mozambique right now. And she's, she's there and she's talking and she says, you know the secret. You know the secret. And everybody wants to know the secret. And then she says, it's the secret place. Is God my refuge? Do I go to God? Am I making God my solution? Am I going to the secret place? You know? He wants to bring us in before he sends us out. He wants to bring us in where we are stripped from ourselves so that we can fulfill our mission. And I believe this is what God is doing. Prophetically, this is what God is doing. He's stripping us from all the stuff so that we might be prepared to send, to be sent. Where we die to self, where we let go. Real change, listen to this. Real change will only happen when, we're, when we realize that only God can bring it. Real change will only happen when we, when we realize that only God can bring it, bring it. Real change, I'm gonna say it well at least once, right? Real change will only happen when we realize that only God can bring it. That's the only real change. The only real change that will really happen is when we realize that only God can bring it. Otherwise, it's not going to be real change. It's going to be man-made. It's going to be man-made. So if we, want to be, if we want to see change, only God can bring it. So where do we find that? Is where we come in his presence, where we, uh, when we wait upon him, when we go to him. Billy Graham said, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. There's no other way. It's been the way in the history of the church and even before that, it's to go to God. So what's the secret in this season? What's the secret? It's the secret place. That's the secret. That's what needs to happen when you're caught up with God, when you go in his presence, when you seek his face. Look what Job said at the end of his journey. Like we, it's easy for us to look at Job's story and we think about his friends that try to give him, give him cons- counsel and Job says this in chapter 42, verse 2. I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. Pretty amazing, right? I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. And he had history when he said that. And he had a lot of comments from his friends. You got to do this. You got to do that. He lost everything. Yay, he lost everything. He's sick like a dog. His wife said, curse God, lost his children, got mocked by his friends, was, was, a, was tagged as a guy that did not trust God. And you see it in verse 2 of chapter 42, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. 
I think this is where God wants to lead us, where we can say, God, you can do anything and nothing will stop you. I want to have this faith. And the only place I can have this faith is in the secret place. There's no other way. You want to have a solution. You want to see a breakthrough in your marriage. Whatever circumstances, relationship, is going to happen in the secret place. Listen. It's only going to happen in the secret place where you're stripped of yourself, where you depend on God. That's the solution. That's the key. And if we do this, we're going to see God intervene. My last point. I'm not called to spectate. I'm not called to be a spectator. I'm not called to watch. No, when things don't, don't go my way, I'm called to recommit. I, I believe, I don't know for you, but what I feel in my heart is, is, is a call to recommit, a call to go all in, a call to say, God, I, I want to see you. I really, really want to see you. I need to see you. I, I look at the time that we live in, and sometimes it makes me think about the time of Eli, the priest, where the, the voice of the Lord was scarce. Where there's not too many wonders and not too many miracles. And, 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 and I believe that all this God is using for us to, to seek him and to commit ourselves to him. And as we commit ourselves to him, I believe this is where he will intervene. I, I challenge you in this season, even though you're not here, you can go to God and you can recommit your life to God. You can say like Isaiah, here I am, use me for your glory. You can say, God, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to play church. I don't want to be in this game. I want you to be real in my life. That's the heart of Christianity. If that is not, if that is not true, we're losing our time. If that is not true, then what is our hope? I need to step up in godliness. I need to step up in, in availability. I need to step up to the mission that God has for my life and for GMC, to love God and love my neighbor with all my heart. It's a time to draw closer or it's a time to draw colder. It's a time of transformation or a time of hardening our hearts. It's a time of purpose or a time of self-indulgence. It's up to you. You have the choice in your home right now to live for yourself or to live for God. You have a choice in this season now to commit your life to him fully or just go with the flow. You have the choice to, to live for God or just pretend to live for God. It's up to me and you. My prayer is that we would see that such a time as this, God is calling us to stand. Amen? Thank you for your patience and thank you for letting me preach a little longer. I know that you don't have too much of a choice. I guess you do because you can shut me right now if you want. But what I want you to do, I want you to present yourself before God. I want you to say, God, thank you for your love. God, Holy Spirit, help me to see how God stoops, stoops so low to rescue me. Help me to see this supernatural love, that amazing love. Let it filter in my life in a way that I will see others in a different way, that I will not live with judgment, with a judgmental attitude, but I would not live with anger, but I would realize how much you're a gracious God, that the grace you've showed me and that you're showing me, you want to show to other people. Help me, Lord, to lose faith in myself. 
Help me to have faith in you and trust in you. Help me, Father, to experience the secret place because this is where you intervene. That real change happened only through you. And lastly, Lord, I, I, I commit to you. I don't want to spectate. I don't want to be a spectator. I don't want to be a fan. I want to be transformed. I want to draw closer. I want to live a life of purpose. So I submit, to, submit my life to you. If you've been a Christian for years or maybe you're watching for the first time or by accident you turn to this channel, God wants to reveal himself to you. Just open yourself up and give your life to Jesus or recommit your life to Jesus or say, God, I'm tired of, stat of the status quo. I want to go to higher level. I want you to fulfill your mandate and your calling in my life and through my life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.